Hey, it's Angel, your friendly neighborhood doula. I am so excited to have you here on the Birth Cafe podcast. Here, we'll talk about all things birth, pregnancy, and postpartum. As a certified doula, lactation counselor, and perinatal educator, I hope to provide you evidence-based information on interesting topics while also having fun and open conversations about the perinatal period. This podcast is for birth professionals and parents alike, and I hope that you enjoy what you hear. So grab your favorite cup of tea or coffee, sit down, get comfy, and let's get started. Hello everyone, it's Angel here. Welcome to another episode of the Birth Cafe podcast. And today I am talking about what I am doing differently for baby number six. So a few episodes ago, I told you guys that I am actually pregnant and I am expecting baby number six. I am at the recording of this episode about five months-ish pregnant (laughs) and I'm really excited for this baby and we're having a baby girl which is awesome. We have no names picked out but that's okay. We're not really in a rush to pick out any names right now. However, I wanted to share today the things that I am doing differently for this pregnancy and as I prepare for this baby um, and my family because it's a huge transition. So I definitely have learned a lot in my past births and in my past pregnancies. And I've learned a lot just being a doula, lactation counselor. I'm going deeper into perinatal health and nutrition and learning more about that. So combined with all those experiences and the education that I have learned over the last 10 years, because it's been almost 10 years of me being a mother, and actually, no, I'm pretty sure it's been 10 years, because (laughs) I was pregnant in 2013, and we're here in 2023. So yes, it's been 10 years of being pregnant, and breastfeeding, and being a mom, and raising children, And I've learned quite a bit. So I wanted to share some of the things that I am going to do that I didn't do in my previous pregnancies and for my previous births. I'll go into detail about why I'm doing it differently. I will also just talk about some of the reasons why I feel like this is important and why If you're planning on being pregnant or you're already pregnant, these are some of the things that you can use now or plan to use in the future for your next pregnancy or for your current pregnancy. So one of the things that I am doing differently for this baby is I am not focusing on a due date. I... I'm not even really keeping track of how many weeks I am. I don't have the app that really tells me how many weeks I am. I do know what my due date is. Of course, they tell me. Of course, my midwife is keeping track of that. But for me personally, 
And when I talk to people, I am actually trying to talk more about my due month instead of my due date. So the due month is really taking two weeks before your due date and two weeks after your due date and saying, oh, I am due mid-August, end of August. That's my due month, the end of August, middle of August. Or it's the end of October, beginning of November. So my due month is about mid-June, but it also kind of covers the beginning of July. So I've pretty much been saying like end of June, beginning of July, my, that's kind of what my due month is because babies come whenever they want. And I am not setting that kind of limit on me or my baby or expectation on me and my baby. I just know that when she's ready to come, she is going to be here and no pressure from me. And I just want my body to do what it needs to do. And it loosens that, oh my goodness, like, am I going to go sooner or later or on my due date? Like, it doesn't matter because I just know that at some point towards the end of June, beginning of July, she's going to be here. So that is something that I am doing differently. Of course, due dates are not really all that accurate sometimes. Most of the time, babies do not come on their due date. Um, it can be off by several days or even a couple weeks. So I am not really holding on to due dates. We're just going to stick with the due months. All right. The next thing that I have done differently in this pregnancy is I actually started seeing a pelvic floor therapist and a chiropractor in my first trimester. So I have been getting body work earlier on in my pregnancy. With my previous pregnancies, I started seeing pelvic floor and chiropractor more towards the end of my second and towards my the end of my third trimester. This time, I wanted to start seeing them a lot earlier for this pregnancy. I was actually already seeing my pelvic floor therapist anyway during my postpartum period uh, because I was experiencing some leftover pain and discomfort from baby number five. So I was already seeing my pelvic floor therapist and I'm like, look, I'm pregnant. Let's just keep this going and kind of focus on what's, what's going on with my pregnancy. And then I also started seeing my chiropractor during my first trimester as well just to really prepare my pelvis and to prevent some of those discomforts that I had with baby number four and baby number five. I had pubis symphysis dysfunction with both of them through my joints all out of whack. Um, Had some pelvic floor issues, lower back pain from those previous births. So I'm actually... I actually decided to start seeing them early on so that we can prevent and manage any of the the discomforts that come up during this pregnancy. And of course, pelvic floor therapy and chiropractic care during pregnancy helps prepare your body for delivery. And it actually helps prevent things like, oh, let's say, you know, breech babies and um, 
babies that may have a longer time getting um, through the pelvis or maybe there's some uh, tightness in your pelvic floor that can cause labor to delay and things like that. So seeing a pelvic floor therapist and chiropractor helps prevent birth issues um, and labor problems so that you have a smoother labor. Something else that I did differently, um, I have experienced anemia, I would say with two or three of my kids. And again, it's popped up during this pregnancy that I am borderline anemic. So they suggested I take a iron supplement. So what I'm actually going to, what I actually did that was different, firstly, in my previous pregnancies, when I was taking those iron supplements, obviously there are some serious side effects that come with those. Nausea is a big one and constipation is another factor. So this time I actually decided to take a different iron supplement and I am taking, um, I'm going to totally screw up this name. So I'll definitely put the title of it in the show notes, but it's called Iron Bisaglonite, Bisaglonite or something similar to that. Uh, but I will put that in the show notes. But this one is a gentler form of iron. So it's a little bit easier. Actually, I would say a lot easier on uh, the side effects uh, and constipation. I take it with cold-pressed orange juice, which is help supposed to help with uh, absorption. Something else that I've been looking into is desecrated liver supplements, something that I am kind of debating on taking. Um, but it is, I feel, our body is definitely designed to take food <laughs> a, a whole lot better than just, you know, the supplements that are made in a lab. So I definitely am kind of going back and forth with that. But those are just some things that I'm doing differently as far as like supplementation. And in that, I'm also hoping and trying to see a nutritionist during my pregnancy. I have a friend who is a functional dietitian. Actually, she's been on this podcast. Her name is Aubrey. And there's a couple uh, or one other uh, nutritionist that I am going to be seeing during my pregnancy to make sure that I am getting enough for my baby and for myself. Because a lot of emphasis is not put on nutrition during pregnancy. One, a lot of prenatal And just in the perinatal realm in general, a lot of the information on nutrition and diet during pregnancy is outdated, it's not accurate, or it wasn't properly studied. So nutritionists, um, especially ones that specialize in prenatal nutrition, is really, really important during pregnancy because things like anemia, things like iron... Uh, well, iron deficiencies and things like uh, high preeclampsia and diabetes, gestational diabetes, a lot of that stuff can be managed well and prevented with a good diet. 
not to mention that when we don't have a good diet, of course, that negatively impacts our overall health and well-being. Some of the pregnancy discomforts that we have during pregnancy can also be alleviated with a change in diet. Uh, things like even heartburn can be helped with a diet change. In my opinion, and if there's any functional dietitians or nutritional nutritionists or anyone in the prenatal nutrition field, you would probably agree with me, but I think nutrition should be a huge and important part of prenatal care and should be incorporated into prenatal care just because I, and I talk a lot about this, even in my childbirth classes, nutrition is very underrated and it's definitely key in preventing a lot of pregnancy complications, birth complications, things like that. So Nutrition has a huge play in feeling better and the health of your baby and health and birth and things like that. And I also talk about the microbiome quite a bit and diet affects your microbiome and therefore affects your baby as well. So this is why nutrition is definitely, definitely at the forefront of my mind as I am preparing for this baby. And so I will be seeing a nutritionist during this pregnancy. And the goal is also seeing a nutritionist postpartum. So when we're talking about me seeing a nutritionist, this actually kind of leads into something else that I changed and that I'm doing. Because nutritionists, they cost money. A lot of them aren't always covered with insurance. So I actually have what is called, I call it anyway, a mother registry, but I have a mother's registry and I'm not going to be doing a baby registry this time. And there is a registry company called Be Her Village and Be Her Village is mostly about providing support for the family and for the mom. So just overall support. So we talk about creating a registry for childbirth classes that you want to create or that not create child, uh, childbirth education classes you want to take. We talk about postpartum doulas, doulas, midwifery care, nutritionists, massage, things like that. So all these things that are in regards to caring for the family, caring for the mother, helping the mom prepare for birth, helping the mom prepare for postpartum. And so I'm actually doing a mother's registry for this pregnancy, and I will not be creating a baby registry. Part of my inclination to not create a baby registry is because, one, I've created baby registries in the past, and most people don't buy off of it. <laughs> people tend to just buy whatever they want, and just that kind of, that's just how it kind of goes. So that's part of the reason why I didn't want to create a baby registry. Obviously, this is baby number six for me. It's also my fifth girl. And I have a lot of baby items. So I'm not really interested in getting more baby items. I'm really trying to simplify over in my house. And I'm really embracing 
more of the minimalistic mindset for my family, especially with so many kids. I really just want only what we need and not not anything extra. So that's actually part of the reason why I'm not doing a baby registry. But I really would like to have more support for my family postpartum. And so I'm using my mother's registry to really create that. Um, Some of the things that I have on my mother's registry, of course, this is baby number six for me. um, But I am actually planning a home birth, which is very different than the other births that I have had. All of my births previously have all been in the hospital. So that's something else that's very different for me and this baby. But there is an option to for your family to donate towards midwifery care. So that's something that is on my birth registry or my mother's registry. Something else that I have on my mother's registry is nutrition for postpartum um, and for prenatal as well. Postpartum doula. Postpartum is really important for me. That's something else that I'm really focusing on this pregnancy is preparing for my postpartum period. And I tell this to my parents in my childbirth classes all the time, but we do a whole lot of preparation for birth, right? We're so afraid of birth. (laughs) So, or a lot of people are afraid of birth. We're afraid of the discomfort and birth and things like that. But not many of us prepare for the postpartum. And the American society is not really built to create this mother care for moms postpartum. And the American society, once that mom has a baby, all the attention goes from mom to baby. Right? Everyone wants to come over and see the baby. When people are attending other people's birth, they just are there to see the baby no one really pays too much attention to what moms need. And kind of expect moms to snap back, right? To immediately start grocery shopping, cleaning up, making dinner, uh, just going back into whatever routine they had and just completely forgetting the fact that she just had a baby and she's going through all these changes and all that good stuff, right? And so... I am really trying to prepare for my postpartum a lot earlier than I even did with baby number five because I also did try to focus on preparing for my postpartum as well. Uh, And definitely this time there's some things that I learned from last time preparing for postpartum that I'm going to do a little bit differently. So I'm actually having uh, doing a mill train and having someone at, uh, someone else actually set up the mill train instead of me. I, of course, have the mother's registry. Um, that includes, like, postpartum doula care because I loved my postpartum doula last time. And I know I, I will love to have that again. Uh, meals are really going to be important for our family just because with a family of six, <laughs> well, it's going to be a family of seven. Wait, no. Hold on, how many <laughs> how many people am I gonna have in my house? There's what well, no, there's seven of us now, so eight, a family of eight. Uh that's a lot of food. So food is definitely gonna take a huge burden off of us if we could have, you know, people support us via meal trains and things like that. All right. 
I already mentioned that one of the things I'm doing differently is planning a home birth. My major decision in that is, well, (laughs) of course, I've learned a lot about hospital births and, you know, even just having hospital births in the past. Uh, One of the things that kind of pushed me towards having a home home birth was my postpartum period in the hospital. There's a lot of interruptions when you just had a baby and your baby is starting to, you know, want to nurse every couple of hours. And for like two or three days, you know, people are coming in your room, right? Uh, not ideal. <laughs> and after my fifth baby, I was so sick and tired of that. Like just people coming in and out of my room when I just wanted to sleep. And then being paranoid about people who were like, oh, you can't sleep with your baby. And, you know, the baby has to stay in the bassinet. And my baby didn't want to stay in the bassinet. And I'm just like, no, I'm not about to deal with this. And I don't want to argue with you guys. <laughs> so that is one of my major pushes towards having a home birth. Even though this is going to cost us out of money, uh, um, out of pocket money, instead of doing a hospital birth. Secondly, the other reason why I am doing a home birth is just because we do have a very large family, and so we have to take in consideration childcare. Um, it'll be a lot easier for us to not have to scramble for childcare when I go into labor, and just including our family into the process, right? kind of getting them prepared for birth, normalizing birth and normalizing the fact that birth doesn't need to be this big, scary thing. Um, and that it's, it's a really cool part of life, especially with the fact that I do have five girls, right? And just introducing that to them very young. I always have been very open about like breastfeeding with my girls. Talk about even when we're pretending, right? Um, pretending to feed their baby dolls. I'm like, do you want to give the baby some boob? (laughs) Um, Because that is normal. That is a biological, biologic normal for us as mothers is to not feed our babies with bottles. It's to feed our babies with the breast. And I've seen my girls just like, you know, go up and just pretend nurse their babies or they'll come up to me and be like mommy the baby needs milk give the baby milk and nurse the baby (laughs) which is is really fun and definitely gets a little chuckle out of me but I happily do it all right so the home birth is definitely a change for us but we're really excited for it and I have a very supportive fiance who was totally on board with doing a home birth. So I'm very, very excited that he is on board. I am actually hoping that he will catch our baby. And yeah, that's going to be super exciting for us. I'm also really planning on a very hands-off home birth. I will have a midwife, but I'm really just having the midwife there just for like, if anything crazy happens. Otherwise, she can stay in the corner and, you know, <laughs> do do her own thing, but just kind of like leave me alone kind of thing. Uh, so <laughs> that is, I definitely am planning a very hands-off birth um, as far as uh, my actual labor and birth. So very exciting for me. 
So those are all the things that I'm doing differently for baby number six. Um, so seeing pelvic floor and chiropractic care during my first trimester and continuing that throughout my pregnancy. Um, planning on seeing a nutritionist during my pregnancy and also postpartum. I'm no longer using my due date, using due month instead. Requesting different iron supplements instead of the normal iron supplements that they give because those side effects really suck. <laughs> I'm also planning a home birth. Um, I'm doing a mother's registry instead of a baby registry. I'm also not going to be doing a baby shower or a baby sprinkle. I will be doing what is called a mother's blessing. So mother's blessing um, or also known as a blessing way in Native American culture, it, it's, it's very common in Native American culture. And honestly, it probably shows up in different ways in different cultures um, all over the world that had to do things that are very, very similar. And so I'm doing a mother's blessing where I'm just having a few of my close friends coming over to support me and celebrate my baby. Um, and it really is more about the mom and encouraging the mom. Now I'm Christian. So in court, for me, it'll be incorporating like prayer, scripture affirmations, um, and things like that in my mother's blessings. And, um, so that's something that I'm doing differently. Um, so I won't be having a baby shower or a baby sprinkle. Instead, it will be a mother's blessing. And I'm very excited to do this, to really just get the encouragement of the mothering community that I surround myself with, especially since this will be baby number six. Um, (laughs) It's going to be a definite transition for us. But, you know, when once you have like three or four kids, adding another one really isn't that much of a a big deal. It's like, oh, number six. Number six, okay. That's, you know, just another baby, just another kid. Um, so it's it's not too bad. We're not too we're not too scared. <laughs> so those are all the things that I'm doing differently for this baby. And I hope this gives you some ideas of what you can, you know, maybe try in your next pregnancy or even contemplate trying in your current pregnancy. I will be leaving the links to Be Her Village so that you guys can check that out and see what it's all about. Uh, Not only am I creating my own mother's registry, but I am also on there as a business. So if you are planning on using Be Her Village and you wanted to use any of my services and raise money for that, you can use that registry and connect with my services on there. All right. So thank you guys so much for tuning into this episode and I hope you found it helpful and I can't wait until our next episode where we get we get to talk about different things and listen to all the guests that I love bringing on to the podcast and until next time guys I will chat with you later. I hope you enjoyed listening to this podcast as much as I enjoyed making it. Our journey doesn't need to end here. Don't forget to hit that bell button to get alerts on any new episodes. And if you like what you hear, give the podcast a five-star review. 
The best time to start preparing for a better birth is during pregnancy. I've curated a checklist to help you prepare for this fear-free, in-control, informed delivery you're looking for. We've included things like when to start planning for your baby shower, when to start buying baby items, and I've even divided everything by trimester. You can get the checklist in the show notes. You can also take my quiz on how to avoid a C-section and get tips on how you can avoid getting an unnecessary C-section. Just head to my website and click the banner.